Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. I'm a certified life and success coach, wellness junkie, career writer, keynote speaker, mentor, serial entrepreneur, and big time dreamer. My podcast is for the self-love junkie, the creative hustler type with the big heart, spiritually curious dreamers and believers out there who want to tap into their own magic. This podcast is for you if you want to tune out the noise and tune into your heart. Time to say no to what's not aligned and say yes to what your soul craves. Grab the microphone, Rockstar, because when you are your own muse, you are unstoppable. Hello, hello. I feel like it's been so long. Has it been so long? I don't know. Well, now that it's just you and I, now that we are alone, I am ready to catch up on a couple things. It has been a little crazy over here. Let's see. In the past couple months, um, I've gone to Sedona. Um, Evan and I went camping. We went camping in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. Um, I think it's called Golden Valley. I'm not sure. We actually found it on an Airbnb. Um, so apparently if you, I didn't know this, if you look in the Airbnb section, um, and you look for the lowest rate, uh, you can find an Airbnb that is camping sites. I didn't know that. If you knew that, let me know, (laughs) but we were looking for an Airbnb for some reason. Um, and then we found like literally just someone was offering like this space in their land where they could, uh. We could just set up a tent. It didn't come with any materials at all. I think it was $10 a night just to like use. Um, She actually had an outhouse. She had um, a shower. We didn't actually use it because I don't know. I didn't know how to use it. There was like a hand pump kind of situation. Anyway, uh, Sedona was magical. That's probably a conversation for another time. I was only there for 48 hours, but I got to see my good friend, friend Natalie. It's just a good, 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 good time. Anyway, <laughs> but enough about me. Um, I wanted to share today a little something a little bit vulnerable. Um, I wanted to talk about my journey as like it's a question I get a lot. I get this asked a lot. Um, how I knew that it was time to pursue entrepreneurship and hang up the the apron or the 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 blazer, the the scrubs. <laughs> I've actually worn all of those as uniforms and part of my job. Um, and that's something that I'm going to get into today. Actually. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit about the types of jobs I've had. Um, I'm not going to share them all, but the idea is that by sharing the jobs that I've had, I'll help somebody else out there maybe feel a little bit better about themselves. If they feel like, what am I doing with my life? Or my parents say I need to just buckle down and pick a great career or something like Yes, my parents said all the same things to me, um, which is why I became an entrepreneur, which is why I knew that like I could just create my own reality. <laughs> so let's get into it, right? Shall we? Um, I'm just going to take a little bit of a guess here. Oof, okay, I'm going to think about this. I'll take a little bit of a guess here, and I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, there's a small portion of you that is curious about whether or not entrepreneurism is for you. Or if you already are an entrepreneur, you are ready to quit 
and you're, you're tired of it, you think you can't do this, and you need a little bit of backing down off the ledge. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, friendo, that there are other people out there who are counting on you for inspiration and need you to keep doing what you're doing. Like you did it for a reason, right? Like, come on. So a common theme, if you haven't noticed in some of the interview podcasts I've been doing lately, there's a common thread involved around not feeling like you fit in in the entrepreneur world. I mean, I'm sorry, not feeling like you fit in in the career world. Doing your best to show up, clock in, wear your suit, wear your uniform, answer your emails, and like doing your darndest to just kind of make it in this cruel, cruel world and still feeling like you're absolutely completely rejected. Um, I've actually really been through the ringer on this one. Um, I can tell you with full certainty that I really tried to make it in the have a normal job, quote unquote, world. So whenever someone tells me to get a real job, I'm like, look, I tried, I tried. Um, And then through having all these different jobs, I started to really realize that like money is just, it's just like an energy (laughs) that you can ask to be funneled into any different direction. So why is it that the, um, the place I worked at, it was, I mean, every business you've ever worked at is like a funnel for money. Like you're intaking money and dealing with it in some sort of process. Um, like for example, I worked, I used to be a supervisor at Starbucks. Like we made money and then the supervisor would count it up and send it to the bank so that the corporation could deal with it. Right. Like that's not our money. That's their money. Um, you know, we were always just dealing with like this intake of money. And so I started to kind of ask myself like, well, what if I asked money to channel itself my way? Like, what if it just went directly to me instead of like to my boss or my boss's boss's boss and then down the funnel. And then maybe I can get some of the crumbs at the bottom. Um, so this podcast really is for you. If you're feeling like no matter what you're doing, you're being underpaid, underappreciated, undervalued, Um, you might be feeling like your tasks are spread all over the place. Like you're being given all these tasks and you're not really given any mentorship or guidance on them, or maybe not as much as you feel like you deserve. I know that that was a big one for me was I had a job description and I was like, okay, this is your job description. And really I, I wasn't offered much support beyond that. Or maybe you're offered a little bit too much support. Like there's just some kind of funkiness there. Um, and I think one really big one is you feel like management is not, managing well, um, to the point where they're getting a little bit, a little bit predictable in how poorly they are running the show. Um, I've definitely been there. Um, I actually talked to a friend recently and she was just expressing her frustration for how much she felt like her manager didn't know what she was doing. She was making all these issues and she started to share what she would do instead. Like I would be focusing on, um, bringing in you know, for example, for example, she felt like her, her manager was so focused on like squeezing every customer for every dollar possible and wasn't focused on retaining new clients, like investing in those new clients. And she was essentially, she started to talk a little bit like a visionary, like how somebody who should be running their own business talks. Um, so And I think I've shared this many times before, but one of the biggest inspirations to me, that one of the things that really gets that fire under my buns is feeling like um, I could do something better. Like, (laughs) you know, that might sound wrong, but feeling like seeing something done poorly and and you start to get angry about it. And you're like, oh my God, I could do so that's so much better. Um, 
I think I started to see a lot of really stupid famous people. I mean, stupid is relative, right? But like I started to see a lot of people make it and just like make tons of money on TikTok or YouTube by just perpetuating like these these harmful stereotypes, these these poorly written messages. Um, I'm sure that you can relate to that in some capacity, maybe. Um, maybe there's someone out there who you just like cannot get behind. You do not get the hype. <laughs> I mean, I say if they're not hurting anybody, do your thing. But I also started to see other people who were like making it as entrepreneurs and they were just like, I don't know. From my perspective at the time, I thought that I saw a lot of really bad writing, a lot of really bad blogs, just a lot of like heartlessness out. Like when I say heartlessness, I mean like, like soullessness, like there was no soul out there. And I was just like sitting in my cubicle, like bursting at the seams, like begging for the mic, like begging for an opportunity to express myself. Um, so here was my friend speaking from that place of inspiration. I mean, that's a very valid place of inspiration to feel like, you, you know, you're seeing something done incorrectly and you're here, you are ready to, to do it in a more, in a better way. Um, one of my other friends who inspires me so much has like worked for so many different um, salons that now he wants to run his own because he's just been mismanaged his whole life. Like he's, he's just seen the mistakes. The caveat here is that sometimes when you get into the, into it, once you get into the management position, then you um, really see that it's not that easy, but at least you can be a kind person doing it. I've always told myself, like, at least I'm going to be a kind person doing this. So I digress. I digress. Um, sometimes you guys tell me that you love these little rants I go on. I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Number one sign that I knew that it was time for me to quit my job and become an entrepreneur. Well, I kind of gave you like a bonus one just now, which is like, you, you know, you, you, <laughs> you start to get a little annoyed and you feel like you could do things better than your boss, but okay. For real. Number one. Okay. So number one, number one is the pull. You will be minding your business, hanging out, doing your thing. You think everything is great. Everything is normal. You have your dream job. You have your cubicle next to your friends, whatever. Things are fine. They're fine. Emphasis on fine. But then there comes a pull, meaning you come across somebody who is doing exactly what you want to be doing for themselves, working for themselves. And you start to notice these little synchronicities. Like, let's say that you find someone who runs their own bakery. You're... On the, it's at the weekend, you're looking for a place to get brunch and you run into an old friend who is the owner of the bakery that you're at looking to get a bagel and some coffee. That's not really brunch, but you get, you get what I'm saying. They're the owner and it's like, oh my God, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. Do you work here? And she's like, actually, yeah, I own this place. <laughs> Crazy, right? Like, yeah, after college, you know, I kind of just decided that I didn't really want to pursue political science and I open up my own bakery. And you know, there's just like this awkward moment where you're like, Oh, cool. And you're like kind of going through the files of your brain, trying to decide like, how do I feel? <laughs> like, you know, what, what, how do I react? Like, this is so insane. Like, you know, we, we sat next to each other in chemistry. Like, this is just an example, of course, but this is just the, you know, uh, and use, use your imagination. And you're just like, wow. And then she's like, well, 
take care. And then at first you might be like, oh, you know, it's so sad that she has to work on a Sunday and I get Sundays off and I can sleep in hungover. And she was all covered in flour and, you know, her hair was all tousled out of place. And, um, you know, it seems stressful. Like, you know, she probably, she probably had some gray hairs under her cap and she probably, her hair was all tousled and like, you know, I don't envy her. And then you kind of start to think like, oh man, that would be really cool. Like you feel this pull, like, yeah, she just went for it. Like, and maybe she's not doing exactly what you wanted to be doing, but like, there was this pull that you have to acknowledge. Like she did something out of her comfort zone. And like you black guys both majored in political science, but now you're working in like something that is not what you wanted to be doing. And it might be semi-relevant. It might be you're on your way, but like, who knows, you know? And you start to kind of reflect on your own life. Um, this is again, a made up scenario, but it, in, in, it, it, it implies a pull or say you're watching TV and someone comes on the TV and they're being interviewed or they're performing or they're dancing or they're talking or whatever. And they are doing exactly what you wish you would be doing. Like that, that version of you, that you, you thought you would be when you were a kid. Like you thought I, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> um, and I see a rock star sometimes on the TV and I'm like, oh my God, I told my little younger self that we were going to be a rock star. Also, when I was 16, I really wanted to be a plus size model. And I mean, I, I can't lie. Like it kind of messes me up inside when I see a plus size model and I'm like, I told myself I was going to be doing that. <laughs> and here I am in a cubicle chasing somebody else's dream. Crazy. Here I am getting disrespected by customers, having coffee thrown at me. True story. Anyway, so the pull can really look like anything that feels like like a tug on your heart. It's a pull. It's a, de- a demonstration being put right in front of you of what you wish you had or what you could be doing. It's like, yeah, like a push forward. Anything that models what you want, anything that, um, you know, allows you to daydream, to visualize, to fantasize that is considered a pull. Even little conversations with friends of like, what would you do if you were fired or laid off? Or what would you do if you quit your job? And then your brain starts to fantasize like, oh, I would love to just open up my own women's shelter. I would love to start working online so I could travel the world. I would love to just be one of those people who sits around and does nothing and gets paid to play video games. Like, honestly, really here, like really, really get deep. Like anytime a situation like that comes up, that is considered a pull. So I had the pull, my pull. Well, there was a lot, actually. I feel like I had a series of like many little pulls and then a couple really big ones towards the end, (laughs) but we'll get into that. Um, I used to work at a therapist's office and I was the receptionist and there, I think there was about 20 to 25 therapists who worked there. And one poll was I started to see every day these tangible examples of people who got to more or less make their own schedules. Like sometimes there were therapists who didn't work on Fridays. There were some who just requested off the week. Um, There were some who would just cancel their appointments. Like, I mean, with notice and professionalism, of course, but like they would, you know, cancel their appointments because they weren't feeling well or, you know, they wanted to go home early on a certain day for a certain reason. You know, these people had more to do with like running their own schedule than I ever had. Like whenever I had a job, it was like, be here from this time to this time, stay the entire time, show up on time, etc. Um, 
And also they generally speaking, got to work with who they wanted to work with. They, you know, got to pick their clients. They said, I'd like to work with clients in this arena because that's what I'm really, really good at. And I've heard of people doing this like on the TV or in books or whatever, but I never got to see it modeled before me so much. Like, uh, therapists would tell me like, please only send me, you know, men of this age or people who identify as LGBTQIA plus, um, please send me victims of like trauma or please send me, you know, whatever. Like I want to deal with couples. I want to deal with people who are grieving. And I just thought that that was so cool to just see somebody choose over and over and over again, who they wanted to work with. Like that's cool. Right. Um, and also they were making an impact. They were making, doing something good in the world. They were helping people. Um, and, uh, I worked there as a receptionist when, um, for those of you who are familiar, um, and I think everybody should be kind of familiar. Um, but, um, why I lived in, this was in Richmond, Virginia and in Charlottesville, which is about an hour West of Richmond, there was, um, the Charlottesville, you know, attack the, the terrorism in, in Charlottesville with like white supremacists holding their torches and someone was hit. Many people were hit by a car anyway, tragic, unnecessary. Um, but when that happened, um, this therapy practice was able to offer like a number of free sessions to their community to anybody who was impacted. And that was so cool because like before that I was working in like coffee, I was at Starbucks and I never saw anything like that before. So here I was seeing people make a difference with their skills. Like they didn't have to like go out and buy anything or, you know, anything they could just donate their time doing what they do normally helping like instantly helping this very close, very real, um, situation that was happening in our neighborhood. And I just thought that was so cool. And just like seeing that was also an example of a poll. Um, and the thing about the polls is they're typically the first to show up and the most ignored. It is very easy for us to ignore, to put off, to not really think about polls. It's like, you see a desire of yours of, you know, thing that you really, really want. And you're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Like, that's so cool. Oh, well, you know, like there's this tendency to do that. And that's okay. Because next it is followed by number two, which I've already kind of touched upon, is the push. So typically after we notice a pull, we will notice a push. And what's crazy about the push is that it can be smaller, it can be big, but if we ignore the push, another one will come. So the push again is the opposite of a pull. It's that polarity. So like I said, the pull is when you are demonstrated something that you want. Push is when you are given what you don't want. Anytime that you, you know, an issue comes up at work or, um, you know, you're shown something that you don't want. That is a perfect example of a push. So, you know, you feel like you were, uh, written up or punished unfairly, or you get yelled at, or something terrible happens where you feel this incentive, incentive, incentive to leave rather than an incentive to go somewhere. You're now feeling this incentive to leave. And I'm sure everybody's been there like a crappy day at work, like those days at work when you're like, I got to get out of here. Like, oh my gosh. And then typically 
kind of just go back to work the next day, <laughs> but maybe in a worse mood. Um, I've seen this a lot um, where people start to look for more jobs and then somewhere else to work because they're like, I can't do this anymore. And then they might not do anything. Um, a really good example of a push that's happened to me is at one of my jobs, Starbucks, I had a terrible boss. I had a poll. There was a poll for me to go somewhere else. Um, I started to see like other people, you know, I started to have some friends who got jobs where they got to wear cute outfits, <laughs> um, where they got paid more. They got these benefits. That was a poll. And then I got a boss that was terrible. New boss, new, new supervisor, right? He was terrible. And these pushes have really funny ways of showing up. It can be like randomly new leadership, new management, new coworker. You're, you're relocated to a different location. Um, I don't know. It can be traumatizing. Like it can really like, you know, mess with your, your <laughs> like sense of security. Like everything, things have been this way. And then now they're getting terrible. Like this one job that I used to love and feel pride in is now, kind of terrible. Um, so yeah. Okay. So new boss, um, my schedule completely changed. I just felt like the work conditions were getting worse and worse. Like all I ever had to say about work was just complaints. Like every day was bad. Like it was just so predictable how, how terrible it was. Um, nobody wanted to hear me complain about this new boss anymore. I didn't even want to hear me complain about this new boss anymore. So that was like a good example of a push was like going into work was really, really hard. And number three, I think is the most beautiful number three of th how I knew that it was time for me to pursue entrepreneurship as if all the pushes and all the pulls were not enough. Number three was that I started to see the path unfold in front of me. Like I started to put it all together. So while all this drama of pushing and pulling was going on, which, you know, I feel like with any job that always happens, like everyone always kind of secretly fantasizes about another job or secretly hates their job or like kind of has to constantly deal with the pushes and pulls of their own daily life. But I started to meet other people who started to explain how they were doing what they were doing. Um, you know, like I didn't just meet people who inspired me. I started to hear them talk more and more about how they did it. I started to meet more people who gave me advice. I started to see, um, I started getting Facebook ads for like how to start your own business. And I mean, on one hand you can say, yeah, it's just a Facebook algorithm. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Facebook is just trying to sell you stuff. Like you can, you know, you can come up with all these things. But you can also say that your unconscious mind is starting to notice them more because you're interested. You've you've implanted this idea in your head of entrepreneurship. And you're like, no, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. I couldn't possibly do it. <sighs> or your unconscious mind is seeking out evidence of what you want and is starting like a very well-trained dog is starting to go find it for you. This well-trained dog is starting to find data for you, proof, evidence that it's possible. And let's say you follow one little thing. You start to talk to somebody who's an entrepreneur or you, um, you know, met someone who had their own successful Etsy shop. 
um, and you kind of ask them and you're starting to get a better picture of the path they took rather than it just being this like on off switch of like, I want to quit. No, I don't. I want to quit. No, I don't. But you're starting to wrap your head around this idea that there might be another path out there for you. And that's what I mean when I say, okay, you're starting to get the whole picture and it's being laid out for you. And that's what I mean when I say like, if this is happening to you, it might be time to jump. Um, It might be time to just take the next jump, the next step, what have you. Honestly, what's going to keep happening is this cycle is going to keep repeating. Pull, push, you know, and then the details are going to be laid out for you. But the thing about the details... The details are not going to be loud and clear until you start to take action towards them. So like I said, maybe you engaged in a conversation with a friend, someone who did it. Maybe you picked your brain with somebody. Maybe you started reading books. Maybe you started to get a little bit more curious. But the thing is, things won't change until you start to watch the process unfold. Until you start to get curious. Until you start to you know, take action until you start to think about what your business is going to be until you put pen to paper, right? Like move matter. So my three pieces of advice for you, if you're in this position, because I so sympathize, trust me. Number one, like I said, pen to paper, start to journal or talk out loud if that helps you. For me, I'm more of a talker, but also I totally understand journaling. I think that there's a lot of power in that too. As a writer, I love to do that. Um, so number one, pen to paper, what do you want to do? Like brain dump, let it out. Like, you know, maybe you can write about the pushes and pulls that you've been experiencing. Maybe, um, maybe you can just spend like a whole, a whole journal session on like one push, just let it out. Um, maybe you can start to dream and get more daydreamy and fantasize about all the different options you have. Like, Ooh, Ooh, I want to be a YouTuber. No, I want to be a podcaster. Mm, No, I want to, I want to, I want to teach. I want to be a teacher and I want to own my own school. I want to help other people who, you know, are recovering addicts. I want to help them turn their lives around because that's something that I've done myself. Um, I want to sell dog biscuits on Etsy. I want to change the world. Like whatever you're doing, just let it out. Seriously, like consistently allow yourself to have that creative outlet because when you don't allow something to come to fruition, you are smushing it down. And I'm telling you, you can disagree with me, but if you smush something down, it's going to come back. The pushes are going to get stronger. The pulls are going to get stronger and the details will start to get blurry. So act now while it's clear. And if you don't feel like it's clear yet, it will gain more clarity the more you start to play with it, think with it, think about it, interact with it. Step two, start to build community. So start to just like kind of low key, it doesn't have to be this huge, crazy thing. Low key, follow people who are doing what you want them to do or do people who have follow people who have dreams like you just start to kind of like align yourself. I don't want to say upgrade, but I want to say align yourself, like slide into conversations when what you love is being brought up, like maybe just kind of peek and just like get a little bit curious and pick the brains of people who, who got, you know, got where you want to be and maybe ask them how to do it. A, A little warning about that though is 
Uh, many people have consulting fees. Uh, it kind of depends on your industry. It depends on your friends. depends on what's going on here. But that's something to honestly respect. I know people try to pick my brain all the time. Most of the time, I do not mind answering for free at all. But like there comes to be this boundary when you're approaching them in this way of like, hey, I respect you and what you did. Can you just help me out? Maybe buy them a cup of coffee or something and not just like make it feel like this one-sided energetic exchange. I mean, you if you know how that feels, you know it does not feel good. So... Anyway, um, okay, yeah, so number two. Number two was to align yourself in the social circles of people who, who already have or also want the same things as you. Step three is take aligned action. I cannot stress this enough. And this kind of goes in with number two because surrounding yourself with like-minded people, sp- you know, sparking up conversation is definitely a form of aligned action. And when I say aligned action, I kind of get this question a lot. I mean... <sighs> when you get that fluttery feeling of like, Ooh, Ooh, I want to talk to that person. Ooh, I could so do this. Like, should I apply for this? Should I try? Like, should I gather this experience? Like these random things that you might not think are relevant, they lead to this bigger picture. I know I started to watch like certain TV shows like Shark Tank or America's Next Top Model or like, um, you know, X Factor. I don't know because I just was like, what is this? But it was just like this aligned action that started to give me background and skill and knowledge um, into like what it was like to put yourself out there. Um, And then I started to read like business books specifically, more deeper mindset books specifically. And there comes a time in your journey where if somebody asks you to do something, it's like that Jim Carrey movie, you have to say yes yes, man, right? Like (laughs) you have to say yes when the opportunity shows up. And even if you don't know how, what you're doing, you can figure it out, but it has to be like a full body. Yes. If you feel like it's just a yes out of like scarcity, like another opportunity won't come again. Like it's okay. You know, opportunities are a dime a dozen. You'll find that when you're on, on the other side in the entrepreneur world, um, opportunities are a dime a dozen. (laughs) Another one will come along. It's fine. Um, So, you know, commit yourself to saying yes. Like, you know, what's the worst that could happen is that you learn the lesson. Um, you, you get new experience, like really honestly, like it's the best thing that you can do for yourself. So just as a little recap, I kind of turned this into like, I don't know. I feel like I kind of turned this around the different direction, but I, I trust that anytime that happens, it was always like the medicine that that person needed to hear. So maybe you or someone else needed to hear exactly how this went. Um, so just as a little recap, I have been through so many different jobs. I've done it all, not really all, but like, I've really spanned a lot. I had a lot of different internships in college. Um, I was interested in medicine. Um, I was interested in psychology. Still, I'm interested in psychology. Um, I was, you know, I used to work in an animal surgery clinic. I used to be a supervisor at Starbucks. I used to be like a tutor. Um, I used to be a ballet teacher, like just so many different things. And I can tell you that I've been around the block and I can tell you that for sure I have an entrepreneurial spirit and it was not easy for me to get here, but I cannot, I cannot think of anything else I'd rather be doing. Like, I just can't think of anything. Because there are days where I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Just like anything else, like as any job, there's days where you don't want to be there. You don't want to do it. You have bad days. But I cannot think in all my temper tantrums, like if there's anything else I'd rather be doing. Um, 
I don't know. And like, I guess that's another hint is like when you have a really bad day, if you think of something you'd rather be doing, like this is stupid. I should just quit and run an ice cream truck. Well then run a freaking ice cream truck. Like think about what that would look like for a day. What would it look like to run an ice cream truck for a day? Does that sound like fun? Then do it, you know, like start to take the aligned action on that. And maybe you'll be start to be pulled and you'll find that things that do not resonate with you will not pull you. Things that do resonate with you will pull you. Things that you actually want to do. It doesn't have to be something that somebody else wants to do. So that's where the brain dump comes in, right? Anyway, I I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because all these things happened to me so many times. It happened to me tenfold. And where the be your own muse concept comes in is that you are the one who takes action. You are the one who who shows up for yourself, you are the one who has to go forward. Like no one else is going to teach you this template on how to become an entrepreneur starting today. I mean, there, there might be guides like mindset guides, but nobody, you have to feel inspired to do this yourself. Like, is this making sense? I feel, I don't know. I get in my head a little bit, but (laughs) anyway, as of anything, let me know, reach out if you have any questions. I love you guys so much. Um, I have been through it and I can say for certainty that there is abundance, there is money, there is joy, there is friendships, there's opportunity, there is freedom, all the things that I've ever wanted in all my jobs. I have them now and I created them myself. And like, that just feels so good. Like, doesn't that, doesn't that sound good? Like just to be able to like travel if you want to, we're going to Colorado this weekend and I can take my business with me. Like, (sighs) Like I've always had jobs that will maybe some allowed freedom or maybe some had like paid me well, but like none of them, I've always had like some kind of like, um, it's always been like some kind of a princess in the pea situation where like, it was never just right. It was, there was always like some thorn in my side all the time. And now I could just say like, you know, even on the bad days, like this is good. And on the good days are pretty darn good. Like I get to talk to you guys. Like I love to do this. This is what I do. And you know, if you're clever, like you can monetize so much. And then once you feel like you're safe and monetized, you can pick up these creative projects like podcasting. Like, yeah, you can podcast. Anyhow, that's it for now. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to be following me on Instagram at be your own muse, the podcast. Um, all right. Can't wait. Bye.